We're going to start the podcast off this week with a moment of silence for the still suffering from Backlash. Okay, now we have got some stuff to talk about. Week four. Week four of the Close to the Mark podcast. I'm Charles. Corey's still here. And we're back again. And uh, boy, do we have some stuff to say about all the events in the world of WWE and professional wrestling this week. Yeah, this is going to be our least happy episode. Let's talk about Backlash. Oh, Lord mercy. We had some, <laughs> we had some different thoughts on this pay-per-view right after it happened. And yeah. uh, I think... I think, I don't know, but I think both of us now fall into the category of one of the worst pay-per-views as far as just horrible booking, horrible results. Horrible booking. Poor, I mean, like, and people have talked about, I've heard people talking this week about, um, you know, oh, there was a sheet that came out that showed the agents for each match, the people who booked each match. And people mm -hmm. talked about, you know, well, like, who booked that match and who, you know, who was the agent for that match. And everybody give T.J. Wilson praise because he only, he's the only guy that booked a decent match. Well, he booked a, he booked a Seth Rollins match. Exactly. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Like, exactly. if you let me book Seth Rollins versus I hope just about anybody in WWE, I'm going to give you a four-star match at the very least. Yeah, I'm going to say if you just, the extent of your booking can be finding Seth and say, Seth, you're competing. Yeah. Go yeah. get after it. Guess you're what? Good. You're going to have a match. It's going to be awesome because that's what you do. Because that's who you are and that's what you do. Yeah. But, but let's, let's, let's start off with Ruby Riot. Well, I, okay. So Ruby Riot and Bailey. it's exactly what I expected it to be. And it was so trash. Yeah. It was so horrible. Like, it's exactly... It, it makes me feel like the people that work for WWE might not, should not have a job because people, they get paid to think of things that everybody thinks of. And that's, you know, I mean, it's such a good point that, you know, in wrestling, people always talk about like Vince Russo was the classic example of the, the writer who used to book swerves for the sake of booking swerves and mm -hmm. making something be that totally unexpected result just because he would book stuff that nobody in a million years could imagine. Is nobody it, yeah. nobody could say, like, I think by the end of the night, the world title is going to change hands from actor David Arquette to professional wrestling writer Vince Russo in a steel cage via Goldberg spear. I mean, like, that's the kind of thing. That he, actually happened? Pretty much. Oh, my God. That but, was brutal to listen to. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, he would book garbage that was unpredictable. Unpredictable garbage. Just because, just because like, how nobody could ever conceive of it. Like, you know, hardcore matches that would end... In a no finish and things like that. Just stuff that didn't make sense and would never make any sense. And, and he but was by, oh man. He was garbage. Okay. And there's a reason that Cody just mentioned that he's not wanted at Did the all-in show. Yeah, yeah, your presence is not wanted. You you do, are nothing but a poison in the wrestling industry. He's Venom. He's Vic Venom, folks. Did he go worse than just that initial tweet saying, don't come, you're not invited? Did he say all this mean stuff too? He said something along the lines of like, we don't reward bad behavior. We don't behavior. reward bad behavior. You're not invited or don't, we don't expect to see you. Something like that. Yeah. Just, I mean, he made it clear this dude should not be there. I would like to see at at like the, the um, 
in the the Bullet Club's web series. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me out. What are they? What are they being called? The, the being the elite. Being yeah. the elite. I would like to see being the elite all in episode. I want them to intro the arena, and I want a photo of Vince Russo at every door saying, "Do not let this man in the building." That's Jeez, what I want. Oh, bees. That's a little bit extreme for someone that most people. I feel. Ah, maybe I'm wrong. I wouldn't know Vince Russo if he walked in front of me. Oh, you, you'd know him because as soon as you heard his voice, you'd want to punch him in the face. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> he's terrible? He's he's awful. But anyway, the whole point being, like, people use him as the example for why you don't take things to the extreme of, like, let's book something people aren't expecting for the sake of booking something people aren't expecting. Because if the fans can't predict the outcome, they're always going to tune in. And he's, he's living proof. He killed an entire wrestling company by booking that philosophy. He tried to do it again with TNA, uh, but um, respect to his confidence, though he doesn't. Uh, he, he, he believes in himself. I'll give yeah, him that. respect to his confidence. But the problem is, you can't, you can't always make your booking so predictable that every single every person watching is the the other side of this coin too. Is like your booking is so predictable because the fans watching are saying to themselves. Essentially, you're going to do whatever doesn't move this storyline forward an inch. Like the double penis kick. Right. Or or Bailey losing in a prelim match to Ruby Riot. And and then doing yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's it's horrible. It's it does none of it none of it makes sense. It's I didn't I didn't pay attention to Vince Russo and stuff. That's all before me. But what you're explaining, it just seems like you have one side crazy extreme ridiculous stuff. The other side, repetitive, predictable nonsense. Right. And they just choose, they flip a coin to choose which side they're going to be on. The fact that they can just move between those two sides openly doesn't seem like an option to them. It's got to be crazy and ridiculous. Dolph Ziggler just giving the belt down. Right. And never doing anything ever again. Right. And then going to recruit Drew McIntyre. That was unpredictable. Unpredictable. I wouldn't ever book that. <laughs> but, exactly. and, it, and it doesn't and it all and the worst part of it is they still managed to fall back on WWE's old reliable, which is he dropped the belt, he vacated it, and he didn't move his story anywhere forward by doing so. Well he literally just got rid of it. Yeah. And then I mean it, if this it is a movie, he Beat the, he killed the bad guy, a.k.a. won the belt, he won, he accomplished the goal, and then he just said, I'm going to find a way to bring this guy back to life, but his main target won't be me anymore, and I'm going to a different universe. It would be like an action movie star, like, like winning at the end of the movie, and the writers know they have to set up the sequel, so they say, great job, Ace. You took down, uh, you know, the ki- you took down the kingpin, but we got worse news for you. The kingpin, that was just his name. He had a boss. Oh. And his boss is the head of the Colombian cartel. And he said, you're going to have to, you're going to have to go after him if you really want to stop all of this trafficking. He said, I'm not doing it. He said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Just get someone else. No sequel. What's the pay? Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yep. But you might see me back later on with Sylvester Stallone. You will see me in a subsequent action film in which I will not be the star. Mm-hmm. I, I will be in the Expendables 4 on the strength of this cameo. one. cameo. Yep. 
And I will not reference what happened here either. And I'm probably going to get killed. I'm probably not going to impact anything, but I'm hoping I'm supported by somebody that can carry me in this movie. Yeah. Kind of like Chris Pat with Batista in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that was awful. I mean, my bad, man. I'm talking about number one. All right. Number one. All right. But in any case, so let's go to the high note. Yeah. Let's go to the high note. So, Seth Rollins versus The Miz uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. So I, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, it was a fantastic match. Um, so I kind of thought, I I did think that the direction they went with this was The Miz wins through some kind of chicanery. Um, I thought... Hold you know, on, what is, what is chicanery? Uh, through, <laughs> through, through his evil machinations well, like, and Can you scheming. spell chicanery? Yeah, sure. Oh. I just chicanery. Chicanery. C H I C A N E R Y. Chicanery. There's no there's no buzzer. Alright. Let's keep rolling. I'm winning the spelling yeah. bee so far. Yeah, big time. Okay. Chicanery, alright. So uh I kind of I kinda of did expect them is to win the Intercontinental Championship back. I thought it would be a good uh way to organically build the story of putting Miz and Daniel Bryan back into a program together that you could have um you know, um, Miz with the Intercontinental Championship, you know, going for the, the record number of uh, times the belt's been held and, of course, yeah. the number of days the belt's been held. Both, yeah. And you could work into a program of Daniel Bryan trying to get that belt back. You could absolutely, and I'm sorry, but uh, even if they didn't uh, keep talking smack on the air, at some point in the program between Daniel Bryan and Miz, you've got to show that talking smack segment. Oh, yeah. So I don't care what it takes. You have Because that was... That was that was the best promo of Miz's career. Of, that was one of the best promos in the history of wrestling. It was. It was. Absolutely you know? was. What a way to blur the lines. It was fire. Fire. And Hot. Yeah. That's the kind your match goes from a two and a half star match to a four star match strictly because you played, that the, you played that promo before the match and that was enough. Yeah. You played that before the match and these dudes give each other teeth twisters and pretty people are hyped. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's... Absolutely, but the the problem with that match with Setho was uh, the knee. The knee. The, the knee. knee is hurt again, folks. The knee has not healed, it seems. Well, I don't know if it's it's. I guess it's re-injured. It, you know. But I goes. feel like with the rate it's re-injured, could it have ever been a hundred percent? I guess not. I guess he came back too early. Is the story they're telling? But because uh, my problem is, don't you remember when he came back? Because this one I got hyped up. When he came back versus Roman and him with the pedigree at Extreme Rules, mm-hmm. the whole story was, then he's recovered, he's back. Yeah. Since then, I don't think he's been in a match, period. That at one point, his knee giving out was not a focal point of the match. Well, and you talked about the match with Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah, it, but he got re-hurt there. To be, man, I think he did. That was he, when he was the Kretras and he had to come back. Yeah, but I mean, that was that that was nothing but every bit of offense he hit hurt the knee. Everything hurt the knee. And and uh, and, and this this match actually uh, kind of told that story too. That mm-hmm. that uh, you know consistently like uh, Rollins would get offense in. But the attacks on the Miz would actually slow him down and hurt him more. Exactly. Like, even when you're winning, you're losing. They are absolutely burying whatever company makes his knee brace. Yeah. 
they are burying that company. Yeah. Because it's useless. On the flip side, <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa's knee brace, got to give that an A+. Out of this world. Yeah, yeah. that's some quality it's, knee brace right there. It's made of adamantium, man. He, he gets, wherever Stone Cold Steve Austin gets his knee braces, that's who Tommaso Ciampa's using, too. I like, feel like... Stone Cold Steve Austin gets his knee braces from whatever his right hook produces. Whatever, whatever, whatever company made the six million dollar man. That's that's who makes Steve Austin's yeah, knee brace. Tomas's knee brace puts you out for the three count. Mm. Cuts off wind. Hurts. Hurts bad, man. He <laughs> hurts so bad. But so let, the other thing that we we talked about this week because mm-hmm. we you know guys we get a chance to talk to you once a week uh, through our Close to the Mark podcast. Yeah. You get a chance to talk to us anytime. anytime. You can email us at close to the mark podcast at gmail.com and give us your thoughts. Tell us what you think about Backlash, about whatever else is going on in the world of WWE and professional wrestling. But we have to talk. We have to talk when something like Backlash happens. And one of the things Unfortunately. That, when one of the things that we talked about was that this was a pay-per-view. I mean, let's count out loud right now the titles that changed hands on this pay-per-view. Go. All right. All right. We can. Done. <laughs> yeah. So, and the, the other thing is, so nothing consequential happened on this pay-per-view. Nothing, nothing that's significant. And, and that was my biggest issue overall with the pay-per-view was that not only does it not move the, it doesn't move the goalposts. It does not serve a single purpose other than, it's like, it's like you put the entire product in, in a, in the hyperbolic time chamber in a time machine, and you put everyone in there, you made people pay to watch it, you made people pay to attend it, but and then, the entire point of it was to just stay by itself and not have anything to do with before and not have anything to do with after. Right, right. It was a wrestling show. We, it wasn't WWE. Yeah. we. What we did is we managed to successfully go back in time three hours. Exactly. And now we're trying to figure out, like, well, now what? Mm-hmm. And that was my question was, when you look at this pay-per-view overall, now what? Seth Rollins is the Intercontinental Champion. He scored some big wins recently. He's got... Um, but he was on, he's on Raw and... He, He's on SmackDown, so right. there's nothing there anymore. Right, and and so we we just had Seth with a a, a very well established uh, you know title defense against Finn Balor on Raw. So good. Which, uh, although again, I, like I say, I think you know doing that. I, I think Finn wasn't necessarily the right guy or the best guy to be in that role because I think it it doesn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't give him a good direction to move into after that. All you just did was lose to the mid-card champion. You know, now who is your opponent after losing to the mid-card champion? Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> but, um... The, the leaders. But The Miz is is back on SmackDown. Um, does not have a route to the Intercontinental Championship. He's got another thing to worry about. Seth Rollins back on Raw. Um, and... Quick take? I think Miz wins money in the bank. I, I think you could be right, and I think so. Another story we're telling with Seth Rollins is the uh, the Intercontinental Open Match Challenge, which is pretty cool, except for Mojo. Except Mojo is always the first guy. I'll give him this: always. he definitely stays hyped. He is always hyped because all anybody has to say is "Open, open Challenge." challenge. Boom! Straight Mojo's line, there, full speed. His music <laughs> hits the next second. I think he's waiting at Gorilla every night. 
Just saying, for an open somebody door. asked for a match. That's called grabbing the brass ring. That's being ready, folks. Being ready. Yeah. Because he doesn't get ready. Because if you got it, <laughs> if they give you an open challenge mm-hmm. and they're all sitting in the back, everybody's up, get, up, down, down. Oh, hang on a second. And they're like, "Oh no, I'm gonna go. Challenge. I'm gonna go jump in the shower. I gotta get ready for put the on my challenge. trunks, get my boots on. Exactly. Mojo Raleigh's been in the ring for eight minutes. Exactly. By the time these dudes are done getting ready, Mojo Raleigh's already caught the L for the open challenge. Yes, correct. He is back and he's, undressed. Yes, he's a catering. Yes, man. So he's ready to go. Yeah. Unfortunately, he needs to spend more time practicing. Yeah. But if he can get the skill part down, yeah. by God, you can't take that man's If he's away. ever ready and the other guy's not ready. Oh, Lord, that's a competitive match. Yeah. But that made me ask a decent, that made me think of these question when I was watching it. This is what I want to know. Let's assume, Charles, you're a new wrestler. Vince signed you on. You bring in, your goal is to win everything, right? You have two choices for your debut match. You can lose the comp- a competitive match to the top guy, call it Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Or you can squash a mid-card guy. Which one are you picking? Brock. You think losing to Brock first match in a competitive match is better than beating a mid-card in the beginning? Absolutely. Ask John Cena. What does that mean? Uh, John Cena made his debut in WWE with, like, he came so close so many times in a back-and-forth match with Kurt Angle. Everybody said... Was Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar at the time? Kurt Angle was Brock Lesnar at the time. And everybody, everybody said, who is this John Cena guy that I've never seen wrestle before, but he's... He could beat Kurt Angle. Like he came close. He came, he made it. He made it competitive. Now Kurt Kurt got the win. Mm-hmm. He eked it out at the end. He proved he was better than this nobody that just showed up his first match ever. But where's John Cena now? Well, now is not the best answer because I'm sure he's with Carmella, or he is growing that weird goatee, right? Which is creepy. Let me ask you this so question. Creepy. But I Instead get what you're saying. He's top dog. How many zeros are in John Cena's bank account? <laughs> the most? Yes. Of everybody. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. Rather than rather <laughs> yeah. than like I yeah, any day of the week, rather than be like uh oh you well, know I, I feel like regular people use zeros to talk about their bank account. Mm-hmm. I feel like John Cena uses commas. Yeah. I feel like his unit is commas. Yep. Welcome to the comma club. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not there. Yeah. You know, but John, if you'll have us, you know, but, uh, you know, compared to that one, this is where we disagree. Mm -hmm. Because I liked Nia and Alexa. Okay. I liked the match. I thought it was a good match. I, I, again, like, same problem I had before with Nia versus Alexa, um, too competitive. Yeah, but like... You should be able to comp- if if last week I hate to call you out Charles, but we talked about how you like the cruiserweights, you like two hundred five live, but they emphasize too much that these guys can't compete against the bigger guys. Right. So here's so why when they don't do that, don't you like? It? Well, so here's what I'll say, and and apologies to Alexa Bliss, but Alexa Bliss does not have the in ring skills of Kalisto or Mustafa Ali. Or uh, the, Mark Andrews, but she got the 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 overall ability. Her facial—that sounds weird. Her 
Oh, Marcia, her as an actress, she's really, really good. Right, really, really good. So she can tell. And a good there story were, and, and I'm not saying there was nothing about the light match that I liked. I, there were highlights of the match for me that would be things like Alexa turning to thumbs to the eyes and eye rakes. Um, you know, before attacking the knee, like that's the kind of thing I do like, and that's the kind of storytelling I do want in that day. Well, but it's not like she was squaring her up with rights, right? But the problem is, like, what you need to do is, you in a match like that, the the spot they did with Alexa uh, sending Nia over the top rope to the apron and to the floor, almost disabling Nia completely, and and, and she was hoping for the ten. Well, no, she wasn't because she, it was a title match and, and champion retains via counter. Oh, yeah. She, oh, she, no, that's she was trying to put her back in. She but trying to get her back in. Now, didn't they do a great job with that when she was trying to pick her up and couldn't get her back in there? Yeah. And, stuff? and she had this, and she was smart enough as a heel who's trying to win to the get title back in the match and reset to the stop count. the referee's count. That's the kind of stuff that I take. That to me, okay, is a bigger nod to your in ring ability. Then moonsaults. Okay. And flips. All right. So because that brings you back into it. That's okay. what you would do. So for psychology alone, you've convinced me to add a star to Naya versus Alexa. However, uh, again, getting back to my issue with Naya versus Alexa, period, is now you've told the story that regardless of what Alexa does to gain an advantage over this much bigger opponent who's the champion... Mm-hmm. Alexa can't beat her. And that time. And you know, I again what I wonder is because Seth Seth creating the Intercontinental Open Challenge, which I'm sure we're gonna see again on Raw this week, and I think eventually where that story's gonna go is he's going to be such a fighting champion. He's losing the knee with a knee with, well, he's gonna be such a fighting champion with a knee injury. That he's going to cost himself the championship. He's going to refuse. Oh. He's going to refuse to take a week of rest when he really should. Do you think he's going to slowly start limping more and more? Absolutely. That would be good. But but my question though is essentially, isn't the Intercontinental Open Championship something they have to do with him in lieu of a, a storyline with anybody else, in lieu of a direction for his character to go, other than ultimately getting hurt and dropping the belt with Nia? I want to know, so Nia Jax, you know, the, the, the big story was, first and foremost, could she win the women's championship? And secondly, could she settle this issue with her bully, Alexa? The answer is, she can beat Alexa for the belt, she can defend the championship against her successfully, and she can beat her up twice and yeah. get, get revenge on the bully, and even cut a promo about how bullies always get their ass kicked in the end. That was an awkward promo. Yes, I be a star. My, exactly. My issue with this match, and pretty much every match like we saw already, is they all fail at the end when you ask the question, so what's next? And that's that's my that's, point, is if you're Nia Jax, what's next? What are you now, the be a star ambassador champion for WWE? I mean, with all the progressive stuff that's going on, I wouldn't be surprised if she answers the Intercontinental Challenge. Oh, well. <laughs> and if you're... If you're if you're Alexa, I ask the same question, you know, now what? Well, like, she can, though. There's always redemption-based storylines. I mean, losses from the top, it's always the it's the hero's journey. You're at the top and you fall down, 
And then the whole storyline is climbing back up. And those are always organic stories. But so like, you, like you said, she's such a good actress. And she's demonstrated she's such a good so actress. Good. If she if she tells the story of her own redemption, I'm going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole time. And just saying, oh, she's she's lying to all of us. As soon as she gets the title back, she's going to be as evil and hateful as she's ever been. Oh, that's fine. Because the whole, for her, actress, not actress, her goal is just get the title back. Right. So whether it's part of her master plan and she's an evil girl or whether she has a change of heart and now she needs the fans love, who cares? You yeah. know? But uh And that's that's so that's the that's the ultimate takeaway from Backlash for all the matches is yeah. who cares. Exactly. So, What's next and who cares is the ultimate what you take away from. So Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton Who cares? US title. Does not matter. Who cares? Horrible. Um Randy Orton's legacy I think is dying, but that's it. Yeah. He's the legend that consistently gets killed now. Yeah. And, and you know, Jeff Hardy is, you know, new enough back in singles competition in WWE that you do need to continue to build him up. Um, and I guess Randy Orton is just the stepping stone to whatever they have planned next. But... We don't, we don't really have a good idea of what that is either. We don't yeah, know. Just a match. You Just know. a match, and next week on, on SmackDown, we didn't see anything either. It yeah. allows to quote Dave Meltzer for a moment. It was a match. It was a match, and Jeff Hardy is still the U.S. champion, and who's he going to fight next? I don't know. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. This is horrible. It was, and it was, you but know. But my prediction, poll folks, tune in to last week. Yeah. Called it money. You, I didn't get paid for that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not on the creative team. Yeah, although, again, uh, I saw what I didn't want to see which was that they did have to tell the story anyway that Big Cass, because he's big, uh, is capable of physically taking apart Daniel Bryan and destroying him. I always question when they do angles like that. If he could, why didn't he do it in the match? Thank you so much. Exactly. Like, But to be fair, too, like, why do you always got to catch someone off guard? Yeah. Like, after Big Cass has always done this, not always done this. Since you've worked with him, he attacked on SmackDown, right? Mm-hmm. He attacked on SmackDown leading up to this match. Mm-hmm. When you weren't ready, then you beat him. And you immediately leave yourself not ready. Right, turn your back on him. Yeah, turn your back on him. You got the Floyd treatment. Remember when Floyd Mayweather won that match in that controversial way when he hit that dude immediately when they put his gloves down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you're a beast, how come you're only a beast after the bell starts? After well, the match. Right, and and I and I don't like you know I, I don't have a problem with what they like with what they did in the beatdown. I just didn't like the big the beatdown segment post match uh, because I think it takes away. I think it accomplishes nothing useful because nothing. if the idea of the match was to give Daniel Bryan the win and show that this guy is back on the trajectory of you know going somewhere as a as a top. Uh, top superstar in WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, he got the win, but he immediately got knocked back down exactly. onto the level of this guy. Exactly. He didn't beat him big enough that he couldn't get up and beat you up immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. It makes it seem like you got like a roll-up victory. Right. And you know? and they we, we'll talk about it in a few, but but they did nothing with Daniel Bryan to help him move forward from that. No, I'm pretty sure what we talked about last week is true, and Vince McMahon is just doing what they already did. Mm-hmm. They're going to lower him the lowest possible, 
so they can raise him slowly. But they think he's too far in the... He's a B right now. So for the best story, they need to make him an F. So the rise to A is good. Well, they're doing a great job of F. They're doing a great job. They could not do better. I'm sorry. Uh, But speaking of... uh, um, Don't you call Carmel and Charlotte an F, man. That was a good match, too, man. The women stole the show. Carmella versus Charlotte. And Um, Carmella wins. Carmella won. And Carmella won clean-ish. What, what, what was the knee buckled? The knee, the knee, the ACL got got torn. She probably fixed it with some great technology from I mean, Wakanda. Isn't isn't and then she kicked her and fully separated the knee? Isn't the point of a wrestling match to hurt your opponent? The point's to pin them for three seconds, not to tear their ACL or hurt them enough till they submit. She would have submitted if she wouldn't have pinned her. Well, so Carmella hurt Charlotte, so she cleanly did what her job was to do. I feel like you win clean when you're both on equal footing. Like an example, remember when Roman Reigns fought uh, Braun Strowman? He came down all bandaged up and it was limping, it was broken, everything. Yeah. When he lost to Braun Strowman in that match, did you consider it a clean victory for Braun? I guess you, you, you can say, like, there's an excuse. Yeah, like, there's a reasonable... But a, but a, a, a fan favorite, a babyface, shouldn't make excuses about injuries and... I don't think either torn one real baby faces. Well, again, what what, what this comes great. what this comes down to for me is, um, you just had Charlotte end Asuka's streak and get a clean win over Asuka at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and then come and lose clean to Carmella. So it brings the whole playing field down. If Charlotte hurts her leg and she's less than a hundred percent, she's liable to be beaten by anybody. But I prefer to live in that world. Well, the alternative is just Charlotte and Asuka going against each other forever because everyone else is a squash match. The other thing is with, uh, you know, with news uh, from uh, the European tour this week uh, that Charlotte is, has actually got a couple of legitimate injuries she's dealing with. I don't know if that counts as an injury. Well. It's a, it's a ruptured fake boob. She it? also lost a few teeth. Yeah, but those are already fixed. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, if, if Carmella kicked my teeth out, like, I would say I'm hurt. Uh, fair enough. So let me, you know, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, and I don't mean to jump around this too much, right? But the reason I'm okay with Charlotte losing like that to Carmella is the same reason I'm not okay with how the Roman and Joe match went, because Samoa Joe spent 15 minutes destroying this dude and putting him through every table, throwing him over two tables, choking him. Almost dead. The ref even picked his hand up. He was clearly out. And he out. dropped. He was clearly out. And then Roman still beat him. Yeah. You should not be elevated that high. But that's that's for later anyways. I, I was all right with Carmel Charlotte. Well, again, you know, just... And this is going to happen a couple times, folks. And, and, you know, I'm sorry if it gets repetitive to you. It felt that way to me, too, when it happened. But I ask, like, what's the direction now... Um, who's who's the next top contender for Carmella? Is it Becky Lynch? Is it Asuka? I don't know. It's going to be money and bank related. Yeah, sure. Well, um, sure, and 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 appropriately since you know since Carmella held money in the bank for so long, so long, longest ever. Yeah, so long. I was so disappointed. I say the most disappointing storyline for me of the last year, as far as investment compared to reality goes, was James Ellsworth helping her get the win mm-hmm. with money and bank. Nothing to do with the actual result. Yeah. They should have brought him back, man. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, you know, and the funny thing is, I think I think he probably, considering he's still uh, an independent professional wrestler, mm-hmm. I think he probably would have come on the show for like whatever the amount of hourly pay they pay, mm-hmm. like the guys who clean up the locker rooms after the show backstage. Absolutely. Like he would have come and done the show for that. I have a gut feeling the minimum amount he would make doing one show, one segment with wrestling. Is more than the maximum he would make. Well, I think he would. I think he would pay for his own travel and hotel stay to appear on SmackDown to celebrate with Carmella. I, I, I agree. Yeah, but, I agree. percent. So Styles Nakamura, um, you called that one. Well, we called that one because you predicted. I, I did predict double. the back and forth low blows that we were going to go low blow after low blow one to the other. Well, I thought it was good, but I, I envisioned something more like longer. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it still happened. There was four total. Admittedly, you can only do so many chain low blows before you start asking, like, what's wrong with what's these wrong guys? What's wrong with these guys? Is this a woman's match? Yeah, yeah. like. Is that, but there was four. Right. We had, we had, we had forearm through low blows, mm-hmm. and then we had strong kicks. Now, those guys are too good with kicks to be selling low blows because they look rude. You know, I, it's funny because I was, I, I went back and I listened and I realized in our very first show, we talked about a match that ended in an in-ring double count-out where neither guy could respond to the referee's 10 count. And, and I said I like that because I like that it just kind of reminds people that, that sort of thing is possible. And that's what we got at Backlash was an in-ring count-out. Did you like it? Well, no. <laughs> and, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it for a couple reasons. First and foremost being this is what we talked about when we said – Guys, the match ended in a double countout, and your stipulation to solve this was a no DQ match that could still end with a, a double, double countout. Yeah. A street fight, a cage match, something that precludes the possibility of a double countout would have been the natural conclusion. Exactly. But obviously, we couldn't have a, a definitive conclusion because we want this feud to continue. What's after Money in the Bank? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Isn't Extreme Rules? I, I think there's a July pay-per-view. Which, extreme Rules. Maybe it is. Uh, but, uh, so that would be, uh, I think possibly at Money in the Bank, we can say we could see Nakamura winning the championship. Um, you think this feud ends with Nakamura having the championship? I don't think it does. I think, I think, I think Nakamura gets a title reign. And I think we could see him winning at Money in the Bank. Okay. We could see a successful defense at Extreme Rules. And we could see... The big match that they could literally... The same way that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart spent a long, long time developing and laying out the Iron Man match. Mm -hmm. I think that AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura could already be laying the groundwork for a definitive match at SummerSlam. The battle to end all battles. See, the problem is when you do stuff like that, like you get... I mean, you got Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar stuff going on at that point. Like, they've fought three times now? Yeah. I think we're going to get as many as six by that point. And at six, do I care anymore? Well, do you care if John Cena faces Randy Orton next week on SmackDown? No. Well, that would be, like, I think... It's hard to say officially. It's either the 82nd or the 98th match between those (laughs) two guys. Were they good matches? A lot of them were good matches. But... The you know that's the that's the thing about WWE too is, you know what you don't get is like 
you know, established that we already know AJ is going to face Shinsuke again at the next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So let's keep them apart and have them work matches with other guys, you know, warm-up matches, you know, exactly, matches yeah. to let them, like, kind of keep loose and, and show, like, because ha- what we haven't seen, uh, what we didn't get in um, in the Greatest Royal Rumble match or um, the, um, the match at uh, Backlash was an actual, like, Ending the match, Styles Clash or Kinshasa. You but know. you got it at WrestleMania. You got it at WrestleMania. Which is so crazy because WrestleMania is supposed to end the feud. Yeah. But they used it to start it. Well, it was that's when the heel turn happened. And so that was like the, the turning point in the beginning of, of the feud. But uh, It's stale. Yeah. The boy AJ's not getting any love. He's an Atlanta Falcons fan, which is why I'm on his ship forever. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, he, they're testing me. Yeah. They're testing me. Well, uh, next we had Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, who it turns out actually does have entrance music. Who knew? I actually was going to say I don't remember it, though. Oh, I... I remember... I remember... Yeah, I remember that he has it. I couldn't tell you what it sounds like. Could you hum it? No. I bet you it's something like... No, that's seven eight. It's like two percent faster than that, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But now Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the match was horrible. Mm-hmm. The situation was trash. This was literally a raw match for how it should have been, not a pay per view match. I would never pay to see what they actually put together. But the Kevin Owens and Sammy have the best relationship and play off each other. The only people that I agree play off each other better than Charles and I is Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Yeah. <laughs> we would subscribe to their podcast. I would, yeah, I would. I would 100 percent it. But when they were doing the when Sammy Zayn was like, We gotta get out of here, man, and Kevin Owens was like, No man, we gotta fight. We gotta fight. So Kevin Owens hopped in the ring, brought Sammy Sammy said, smashed you, him. You go do you that. Don't do it then. And then but Sammy stayed though. Sammy stayed, and then they blasted Kevin's Owens. And he's like, he now, rolled out. He was like, now do you see? You getting me? I go, man. What are we doing? <laughs> that was great. Only now yeah. you realize the power yeah. of Braun Strowman. Only now. I have altered the rules. <laughs> but, uh, and then at the end, when they when Kevin Owens was getting blasted, and Sammy Zayn was standing out the ring like, oh, this sucks. I can't come get you. Yeah, no, but, no, no, no. But I want to. I kind of wish you weren't getting hurt, but I can't do anything about it. Exactly. This. Like, I don't... It's the whole thing, like, when you get chased by a bear with your buddy. If you I can run, run faster, faster than, than you. you. <laughs> so it's like, I can run faster than you running backwards. So I'm going backwards saying, dog, you gotta run. You gotta hurry up. The bear's catching you. But, like, I can't help you yeah. here, you know? Oh, it was awesome. That was awesome. The match was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and, you know, again, like... Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, we, we saw on Raw that where we're going with Bobby Lashley is, is apparently trying to learn more about him as a person. It was weird. I guarantee you, Vince, guarantee you it went like this. Did you see Vince's, uh, Vince's uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast? He went this huge part, and I agree with it, was if they don't care about you, they're not going to care about your matches and everything like that. Right. He's big onto that. Mm-hmm. And he has concluded the reason Bobby Lashley has failed is because people don't, people know, who he don't is. know who he is. And because he's Vince, he took the most extreme route towards solving that problem and but, literally had Renee said, tell the people about Bobby Lashley. And and, and the, the best part about it is 
that it literally told you nothing about Bobby Lashley. It told you about Bobby Lashley's sisters and his family, but, you know, the guy was in the military. Like, we never really heard that. Um, The the guy, you know, he's had some crazy life experiences. Um, He was... Uh, you know, an Olympic hopeful whose whose Olympic dreams were shattered because he was in a bank when there was a bank robbery being in in progress, and he was told to drop to the floor. And when he dropped to the floor, he busted his knee. And and what I bad mean, luck. that's bad luck. And the guy's had some tough luck in his life. But He's, to be fair, if Kurt Angle can win with a broken freaking neck, yeah, yeah, do you think a knee? Should stop you. I, I I think you you got to call Steve Austin, Tommaso Ciampa, get that knee brace and get, <laughs> get back in there, brace, son. Yeah. But um, but you know, but with Bobby Lashley, especially now that we still don't know anything more about him as a person other than he's had a weird childhood. Um, with Braun and Bobby Lashley both, what is the direction for these guys? Like, where do you go next for these guys? Well, that's the issue with the whole show. There's no answer. Yeah, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're awesome because they do it themselves with their character work. And they're so good. Yeah, and they, they have no fear when it comes to going out there and being Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn rather than, you know, uh Kevin Steen. Pretending you know, yeah. They are the, they are they so good in they are so good at inhabiting the roles that whatever's going on in the world of that character they put it out there. It's relevant. So they just, if they, I mean, it's like a party, in real life, in a, you don't like, if you're going to a party, you're not like, I wonder what's going on and like this. You show up and then it just plays out. You know, let's see what happens. And Samuel, Sam, he's and Kevin Owens are so good at their characters that it's almost like they just show up somewhere. And you're like, okay, let's see what happens. Yeah. So like they don't even need to have a this is what's going to happen thing because... Just their character work so good. Braun yeah. is so popular that it's just if he shows somewhere, people cheer. The only person I think that lost in this match was WWE overall, the fans, and Bobby Lashley. Well, and and obviously, I feel like for for at least this match and maybe maybe more, we don't know. They're trying to tie Bobby Lashley to Braun Strowman. They've had a couple matches where they've teamed together now mm-hmm. uh, with Roman in the six-man and now here again versus Kevin and Sammy. They seem to be trying to tie Bobby to Braun so that the fans also look at, at these guys and say, yeah, these are two really huge jacked monster dudes yeah. that we love. So every time in the future when Bobby Lashley has to come out for a match against somebody – the fans at least have some prior cue to like how to react to him. Now, if if I'm running with my with my predictions, I've been hot. Okay, there, we might be getting we're getting an inevitable Drew Brad, Drew McIntyre Dolph Ziggler breakup. I believe we're getting that via jobbing to Authors of Pain. The entire tag team division is kind of weak right now, and the Authors of Pain would be like an Oscar situation that they're just way better than ever. Like Oscar NXT, she's way better than everyone. She can't lose. But Braun and Bobby. Well, that's the problem. Is that like Braun has already proven that he can win the intercon or the not the intercon. No, the tag team champions against his own with a ten year old Nicholas. Yeah. Um, Do you do you not think? I think Alvin's pain going to get booked way stronger than Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, but but here's here's the question I have: Is right now in the landscape of the Raw tag division. 
Bobby Lashley, and respect to Nicholas, but I think Bobby Lashley probably a little bit better tag team partner than Nicholas. I'm going to agree with that. Certainly going to put a little offense in there. I think Enzo would rather work with Nicholas than, than Bobby Lashley after Grace River Rumble, though. <laughs> Dropped him on his head. You You're that? talking about Big Cass. Yeah, when, when Bobby Lashley dropped Big Cass on his head tremendously. Yeah, you said Enzo. I was a little confused. Oh, there, my so bad. No. But anyway. So, it should be spoken. So, um... The, the question I have is, if you're talking about Braun Strowman with Bobby Lashley as his tag team partner instead of Nicholas, yeah. facing the Raw tag team champions of... Oh, but right now, it's Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's the, the leaders of worlds. Absolutely. So why aren't Braun and Bobby Lashley already competing for the tag team championships and winning them in about a minute? I think they will win in a minute, but I still want to live in a world... This is We talked about this when it came to to Bray and Matt is why do these teams form and they're immediately in championship pitch and immediately win? I don't like seeing it. Well, so, I mean, I'm okay with them having to climb the ranks not through proof, just through formality. Kill this guy this week, kill this guy this week, kill this guy with this week, kill this guy in this pay-per-view, eight killings later, like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, maybe last week too, these guys are 8-0, their longest match has been 45 seconds. Isn't it time we start talking about title match? Or... Tag team money back. I would, but again, and uh, and we talked about this too. But what I would like to see happen is that in a Raw tag team title match or a number one contenders match for the Raw tag team titles, uh, Braun and Bobby Lashley have a miscommunication, have some things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a attempted double team. One of them ends up hitting the other. Well, maybe that's why they're bringing out a. I mean, I guarantee you the spot's going to be. Bobby Lashley's coming around the ring to get this guy that's outside the ring. Braun runs right. him over. Braun's going to do that run over, and the guy's going to jump out the way. Raise down, chalk it up. All right, but Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley takes that knockdown, but he gets right back up. Oh, me. And he's mad. He's a big dude. Yeah. He's, just, he's a big dude. But Hopefully he doesn't actually get knocked out when it happens, because that would be the one thing that would sabotage I'm him. I'm surprised. Well, that knee's weak. <laughs> you know, that knee's weak. But I'm surprised when people take that hit that it looks like it hurts, man. Yeah, I can you tell know? you. I mean, I can tell you. I used to play rugby, and uh-huh. uh, when I was in college, I played rugby, and we used to have tackling drills. Yeah. And I hated the hill climbs. I hated the wind sprints. Um, but the worst thing ever was the tackling drills. Yeah. Because my counterpart, as I was the left side prop on the rugby team, the guy. And I'm I'm a pretty tall dude. I'm like six two, six three, somewhere in there. And I was pretty in shape. I was lifting weights. I was running all the time. But I'm a big guy. And uh, and my counterpart was a six five or six six, three hundred and fifty pounder named Hog. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had to run tackling drills, mm-hmm. they would set me up in opposition hog. with Hog. And Hog would come right at me full speed, knees pumping like pistons. And he would hit me like a freight train and knock me flat. And the coaches would always get on me. You can't let him knock you down like that. And I always wanted to say, just come over here and show me how not to let him knock me down like that. Just take a couple and demonstrate to me how not to get knocked over by that guy. His name is Hog. And he's seven feet yeah, tall. He felt like it. And you can't 
teach that. Right. So what do you want but me to when, do? When Braun Strowman runs you over, here's what I can tell you. Number one, you're going down. Yeah, tuck the chin. Nothing you can do about <laughs> it. Nothing you can do about it, no matter who you are. And number two is going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, like I feel like you can't sell it good enough. Like I feel like the selling of that one is just making sure both your feet are off the ground so his momentum influences your turn. Well, the biggest problem, I think, would, would would be the fact that he goes around the ring so fast. He's so fast. That you have to get back up and take it again a lot of the time. He's so fast. And if he hit me, especially like if he knocked the wind out of me, I don't know how quick I'd be able to get back up and get hit again. I'm going to be the first dude to call timeout in a WWE match. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Has people done that? It's happened to okay. time. Right? Come on, please. Yeah. Please no more. Yeah. Yeah, but let, let's talk about let's talk about what should not have been the main event but was. Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Is this an example why people can't stand Roman Reigns anymore? Is this a prime example? I mean it had everything that points to why you hate him. Well, so every single piece. Let me ask you this. What should have been the outcome to this match? Roman Reigns lost at WrestleMania. Lost at the Greatest Royal Rumble. The story that's being told in WWE right now is that Roman Reigns, this... No, it's so that Roman Reigns loses to Brock Lesnar. Not as a loser. But he's weak. But two consecutive, two consecutive pay-per-views, Roman Reigns has lost two. to Brock. But which, which outcome creates the more interesting... Storyline and direction moving forward. None of them, because it was a Raw guy versus SmackDown. But that I think I think that could play into your because if Samoa Joe wins, because Samoa Joe's on SmackDown, Roman Reigns has no way to just get that win back immediately. It means he has to accept the loss. It means he has to swallow his pride and admit defeat. But he just got smashed at WrestleMania in Grand Royal Rumble. He's been swallowed. But he shouldn't be. Ma- he shouldn't be making excuses. He should just say, "I lost to Samoa Joe, and there's nothing I can do about it because he's a SmackDown guy." I'm, I'm about to say something I never thought I would say in my entire life, and I'm sad to say it. Over the last sixty days, Roman Reigns has eight more L's than Bray Wyatt has. This is fact as well. I've I've got fact checked. So his pride is gone. He's horrible. But but he got the win over Samoa Joe. Which is I don't know if I don't I don't care that he won. Alright, so I don't know if we can talk about if we want to talk about how the outcome should have been, then we need to talk more about how the match went. Because the problem with how we beat Samoa Joe was how the how in the world like let's say we're wrestlers, Charles, right? And we're both our careers are based on the public perception of us. That's what our careers are based on. And you're like, hey, Corey, let's go 20 minutes. You're going to beat the hell out of me for 13. You're going to choke me out, and the ref's going to consider, I'm going to be knocked out. I'm not going to raise my hand back up. You're going to throw an announce table. You're going to throw me over both announce tables. You're going to put me through the announce table. You're going to hit me with every piece of offense you have twice. And then in four minutes... I'm going to wake up like Jesus, and I'm going to come back 100% like I'm Jesus with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to defeat you like I'm God. 
That does not do Roman Reigns any favors. If he was that much of a beast, why didn't that happen in the beginning? And it does definitely doesn't do some more Joe any favors. Because how trash can your offense be when this dude straight up says, "Yeah, man, just uh, throw everything you got at me for 13 minutes and uh, you know, I'm still gonna that's win." That's like, yeah, that's like playing a basketball game against somebody, and you just put the controller down for the first half of the game. And just says, "Yeah, man, you know, do what you gotta do," and then you pick it up for the second half of the game and you proceed to beat him. Yeah, it's an absolute slap in the face. Yeah, if I'm Samoa Joe, straight up, I'm saying no. I, was, I would get fired by WWE quick though. Well, because I would say no, I wouldn't do it. Well, and 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 hey, I mean, you know, somebody should have been making the argument. I would have been making the argument that with Roman Reigns, you come out of a loss to Samoa Joe with a more interesting storyline because he has lost to Brock Lesnar twice in a row. So yes, like you said, the story they're telling is that he loses to Brock. Yeah. But now he's lost to Samoa Joe, which is perfect. We know Samoa Joe is competitive with Brock Lesnar. We've seen it happen. Had the second best match against Brock. AJ Styles was one, so Samoa Joe was two. Samoa Joe's way up there in terms of his uh, superstar rating. His, 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 uh, all of his overall ranking mm-hmm. and, and in, the, in the 2K series. He's one of the six dudes I believe we could go against Brock Lesnar. Right. Mm-hmm. So he gets the win over Roman and he goes back to SmackDown. You've got the built-in fact that Roman can't just get a rematch to get that win back. You can't have 50-50 booking. Roman's got to eat that loss. Samoa Joe, now... Think about it. AJ, you lost to Roman. So did I. Now I beat Roman. Yeah, and, and you put Samoa Joe... You have Samoa Joe come out on SmackDown and say, there's nobody on SmackDown that can touch me. The only guys who maybe could touch me I just beat Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar's not on this show, so there's nobody on SmackDown. I'm the top. I'm the guy. Didn't you just elevate SmackDown while you were at it, too? Yeah, because you took a guy who's like at that universal championship level, put him on SmackDown. Now, if somebody on SmackDown can hang with Samoa Joe, it elevates them. Exactly. This is how you transfer. This is what they've talked about trying to do. But the match would have had to have been different, though. Well, I I think... He shouldn't have... He should have just choked him out right then and there. And that's where it should have ended. Or, or at, at the very least, get the leg on the ropes for the pinfall after the spear and wrap him back up. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, the match itself, I, I was, it was gross. It was, it was the most disappointing I think I've been. But I agree with you. I think if Samoa Joe, what you're saying happens, everybody comes out way better. Except for Vince's belief of... Um, Winning everything. Right. Well, and and I mean that's so again what we're left with uh, as the the overall story of the backlash card is a lot of people who don't have a clear direction. Where do you go from here? Who's the next program with? Um, you know, where do we move? And we should we should understand somewhat where the program's going because this wasn't a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam. This was backlash. We're not trying to um, you know. Like hit the reset switch here and go into all new programs and everything here. We hit the pause button. Yeah, and we shouldn't be rehashing. You know, we shouldn't be rehashing the same stuff without seeing like you know where where this character logically goes from here and who we have to worry about. We also it was a weird card in the sense that we didn't have tag team titles on the line at all. Um, You know, uh, but both mid card, both women's championships on the line. 
Uh, no. WWE title on the line, no universal title on the line. Yeah, nothing changed. Nothing changed hands. Um, Storylines progressed. Yeah, so um, disappointing, disappointing pay-per-view overall. Um, and Thank goodness we're on to money in the bank season. Yeah, and it's gonna be it is gonna be a little bit of a lengthy wait. Uh we got six weeks to build towards the next pay per view. Um we're hearing that there's uh potentially even some things WWE's holding back about the next pay per view um that we'll see progress more on Raw and SmackDown in the coming weeks that you'll get a little bit more of a taste of what's gonna happen at Money in the Bank. Uh, but um we'll uh we'll take a, a quick timeout and come right back. Well, All right, guys. Well, um, so coming back here, uh, we actually have decided that we want to go ahead and wrap up the Backlash review, and we're going to release this as a separate show. So it's going to be its own standalone show, its own episode of Close to the Mark, uh, just the Backlash review. But don't worry, you're still getting another new episode this week of Close to the Mark podcast, which will be a review of everything that's happened this week in professional wrestling from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, and New Japan. Um, So keep looking out uh, on your podcast subscription because you'll have another episode coming up soon. Um, Thanks for tuning in to the Backlash Review. Obviously, in a lot of ways, a disappointing show. Um, In in, in most ways. In most ways, a disappointing show. Um, But send us your thoughts. If you had any other ideas that we didn't get a chance to talk about, um, and I'm sure you do, email them to us at closetothemarkpodcast at gmail.com. Send us any, uh, you know, different ideas about where these storylines could go or what they could be doing with some of these people. Send them to us. We'll be glad to, like... Uh, come back in a later show and read them out on the air. Talk about what we think about your ideas as well. Uh, we'd love to have a back and forth with you. Um, and if you would like uh, to be a guest, uh, like a caller on the Close to the Mark podcast, definitely shoot us an email. Um, we'll be glad to get you on the show. Um, Make sure to like us, subscribe us. You know, just, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to build something. We need y'all. To help us do it, realistically, yeah. yeah. And guys, we can tell you, like, we can see what's happening out there. And every week, steadily, we're climbing and our audience is growing by 100% and by 100% again. So we're seeing consistent growth in new subscribers in the podcast. We're very excited about the future of this. Very excited to have so many people uh, who enjoy listening to our podcast. Um, just continue to share it with other people. Let them know uh, what you like about it. Let us know what you like about it. And um, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, this is Charles saying see you soon. Corey here, always here. All right. And uh, thanks for the uh, for going along for the ride with us on the Backlash Review. Uh, we'll get to some much better stuff here soon. Get these hands! <laughs>